Generation Exiled is now sponsored by All Seal Insulation. Is your power bill too high? We'll call Les Pitts at All Seal Insulation for a free estimate. That's right, estimates are free. In most cases, All Seal Insulation can lower your power bill by 20% a month, paying for itself. All Seal Insulation can spray insulation into new buildings and attics, subfloors, crawl spaces, metal buildings, moisture barriers, underneath houses, and much more. Remember, call Les Pitts and his team at All Seal Insulation at 601-508-7593. You can find them on Facebook and LinkedIn at All Seal Insulation, or you can email them at allsealinsulation at gmail.com. Once again, that number is 601-508-7593. All Seal Insulation. consequences for teens using social media. Obviously, we know social media plays a role, but here we are in this this day and time where you're almost not surprised that this is occurring. You know, I'm so glad that you brought this up, and I do see a connection between teen depression and social media in my practice. I mean, teen suicide has gone up a lot in the last 10 to 20 years. It's been a basically a 50% increase in females under the age of 17 and a 30% increase in boys under the age of 17. Society has been gradually darkened by this scheme in which everyone is under surveillance all the time and everyone is under this mild version of behavior modification all the time. It's made people jittery and cranky. It's made uh, teens especially depressed, which can be quite severe. And it is a point in time where people need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. Welcome back, everybody, to Generation Exile. I'm Daryl. I'm Landis. And we are back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do things a little different with this episode. Last couple times, we've more or less kind of discussed current events, what's going on in our crazy country. And we just kind of spin off that. But this time... I reached out to some listeners, one in particular, my buddy Gary up in Canada. And I asked Gary, I said, what's what's some things you'd like to hear us discuss? And he, he gave me some good ideas. So courtesy of Gary, we're going to discuss the impact of technology in society along with media and mind control. So Daryl, media and mind control, is it real? Oh, yeah, it's real. Well, 
that clip that played at the beginning of the episode, it's talking, literally talking about um, mind control and the way psychology plays a huge role in social media, uh, the way they wrote the algorithms. And I don't think a lot of people really know like the extent of how big psychology plays in social media when they, when they made this up. Psychology is kind of a, it's really a controversial subject in the first place. Like, you know, people don't believe it. Yeah. You know, you either, there's even people out there with like getting off subject, like with just mental health in general. Some people don't believe in going to counselors and psychologists and stuff, but it's a real field and it's a real science. No doubt about that. I, I truly feel that we are persuaded. You know, some folks may not want to call it mind control, but we are definitely persuaded uh, in many different ways, whether it's our culture, our views, what we decide to eat for dinner tonight. We're all persuaded through whether it's advertising or something simple as a commercial. But if you think about it, let, let's start off with Facebook, for example. Um, you know, I was telling my wife the other night, we got done talking about a, a hot tub, for example. We, we had thought about getting a hot tub. And I'll be damned. As soon as I get on Facebook and I start going through my, my little feed there, about every third advertisement, hot tub, hot tub. Anything that I really discuss, uh, a four-wheeler, I was talking about day before yesterday, I'm starting to get four-wheeler feeds and ads and stuff. So they're definitely listening without my permission because I didn't Google it. I was discussing it one-on-one with somebody else in the privacy of my own home. So somebody's listening. And somebody's using that information to, to kind of persuade me or mind control me to go one direction or another. Daryl, does this stuff kind of ever happen with you? Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Um, I Google stuff, though. So <laughs> that's where they get mine from, probably more than talk, because I'm alone a lot of the times. But, yeah, like um, the other day I was uh, Googling, like, different guns I wanted to – I was interested in buying um, – you know, before gun laws got too crazy or whatever. And man, I'm getting emails now, coupons from like Mossberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And, um, you know, so I, I started researching some of this before we, we did our little episode here today. I've come up with social media. You know, it's definitely addicting. There's no doubt about it. It's designed to be that way. It's colorful icons. It has endless scrolls and notifications that give you a sense of validation or popularity, if you so. And, you know, if you're not careful about what you post on social media, it can certainly turn off potential employers and ruin friendships. Thankfully, it's not yet powerful enough to control our entire existence, I don't feel, unless we allow it to do so. The bigger issue is that social media platforms are happily collecting our personal data for their own purposes. Hence, like, when they're listening in on me. I feel like we've always handled it with uh, thinking about it. But in the future, we might want to find out our existence is heavily relying upon it, if not controlled by it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, talking about Facebook, I, I brought this up with, um, with my daughter recently. You know, it's funny that, um, Facebook is so big on bullying and, and, and being so controlling of what people say and, and so caring about, people's feelings and stuff like that when literally literally the reason why the software was invented was so Mark Zuckerberg could make fun of his girlfriend. 
Really? Yeah, you've never seen uh, what's that name of that movie? It's got Jesse Eisenberg playing um, Mark Zuckerberg. I think it's called The Social Network. I've heard of it. And I haven't watched it. But yeah, I know you should. You, yeah, about. you should watch it. Like literally, like that's not what. Okay, it was a college. I don't want to be like he was like. Oh, my girlfriend made me mad. I'm gonna go invent Facebook. That's not true. What's true is is that he was in Harvard and he was creating a project. Mm-hmm. But his girlfriend broke up with him and broke his heart. So he turned his project into Facebook so he could tell his side of the story or whatever. So he wanted his voice to be Exactly. Heard. Now, it's funny that you put it that way because when you look at Facebook, it seems now more than ever, depending on what your views are, let's say about politics. Well, they're real quick nowadays to shut people down block them, delete it, put a fact check under it. But here's the thing, if it's not their view. So with that being said, it's it's pretty obvious that they're promoting their agenda through whatever kind of propaganda they got on that social feed. Yeah, no matter how many times they say they're not, that's just... Right, they're, they're persuading you. So if you don't want to call it mind control, they're definitely persuading you by allowing you what you can see over and over and what you can't see. So let's say if my views are totally radical from what they're believing, well, they're going to shut me down. I'm not going to get to say my part. People aren't going to get to hear the rebuttal to what's filling up their news feed page after page after page because what they're doing is they're grooming you or persuading you, however you want to call it, to view it a certain way, and that way is their way. Yeah, that's true. I um, the thing about social media with me is when it first started was when Facebook first came out. I don't think I used it for the first four years, and I was like that with MySpace too. And like, here was my problem with it. Um, you know, when we was growing up in the nineties, we all we had our groups. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no other way to look around it. We were all placed in a group and that was where you fit in. And those were your friends. Like you're my friend. I was placed in y'all's group because I played baseball, you know, um, even though I'm not a very sporty person. And it was Mark, social Mark Zuckerberg was born in our generation. So I take it that he, you know, was the same way. And what it's done is it's made groups like this thing. Right. And like what Facebook does is Facebook makes groups, whether you believe that or not. Um, if you don't believe in abortion four years ago, you believe in it now because you have been pounded by yeah. all these people. And like, here's the thing about like, here's the thing about crime, right? If I murder somebody and nine people clap their hands, did I do a bad thing? If there's only <laughs> if there's only ten people in the world, and I kill one, uh, I'm doing math wrong, and I kill one of them, and the other eight clap and applaud me, did I do did I do something bad? And like, to me, that's what that's what Facebook does. Like, look at how like the world's changed with like transgender oh, and everything that you know they talk about. Go say something negative, or go go say something like like scientific on Facebook and watch how everybody attacks you after you get, and I'll sum it up after you get attacked like that so much, you start believing maybe I'm a bad person or maybe this. So now I support transgender. So now you're in their group. You're Mm -hmm. where they want you to be. 
you second guess yourself inside. Right. And now, now they're where you want, and we've all changed. I'm oh, telling yeah. you that right now. You know we have. And I'm not saying it's influenced. yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, a hundred percent bad thing. But we've all changed. Uh, I'm telling you that. Like right now, we've all became uh, more t- uh, favorable towards gay rights and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just telling you that, like, when you get bashed enough, you know what I'm saying. It you, becomes. It's no longer taboo. It becomes a norm. Right. You know. Exactly. So as we were kids, you know, if somebody was to come out and saying that they were gay or lesbian or whatever, it it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal, especially down here in South Mississippi. It was a huge deal. And now it's nothing to be sitting there watching your local channels. Commercial comes on and there is a gay couple. Then there's a lesbian couple in it. And it's just everything that once used to be taboo. They show it to you and make it look normal, which now it is, because we've been persuaded to do so. And a lot of that is through my control manipulation, I feel. Because if I show you something over and over and over and over and over, you become desensitized to it, right? It doesn't really jump out at you as anything other than something normal. All right, so like video games, for example. We were kids, man. Mario. Colorful, playful, bouncing on a turtle. Okay. (laughs) Now we've got Mortal Kombat 11 where it's nothing for kids these days to play this game. And when you go to finish him, you rip the spine out of some dude's asshole and slap him with it and then dance on him and smoke a cigarette. Like, oh my God. But that's normal now because we've been persuaded. And I hate to say it, but that was the only thing that the that the people from the nineties against video games was right about. Um, that whole my daughter's whole generation, our kid, your kids, our kids' whole generation. You know the reason why it's so easy to go set a building on fire. Same reason it's just easy to just murder somebody or rip their spine out. It's not like taboo, like mm-hmm. you said anymore. You know, it's cool. We do it all the time. Uh, people running around with AR-15s and stuff from Call of Duty and stuff like that. It's just... All right, so let me ask you this since we're on that subject. Do you feel that violent video games cause violent behavior? No, I do not believe that at all because I've been playing violent video games since I was 10 years old and I've never hurt nobody. Okay. I'm glad you feel that way <laughs> because when I'm fixing to read to you, uh, it's a little excerpt that I've... I found online before coming in here, I wanted to kind of get both sides of the aisles view on this. And this is from a lady named Rachel down in Florida who has a uh, master's degree in behavior analysis. She says, since the first school shooting, experts have wrung their hands over plausible threat of violent video games. It's tempting to imagine that those games could explain how these innocent boys who wouldn't, quote, hurt a fly, suddenly become mass murderers, and honestly, it's a legitimate concern. First of all, there is simple evidence that prolonged and early exposure to violent media can lead to aggressive behavior. It's foolish to pretend that violent video games and movies don't have an effect on children's minds. This doesn't mean that the violent video games cause them to become murderers, though. Here's the thing. We all have aggressive tendencies that occur within our social environment. And so our consumption of violent media interacts with our upbringing, our psychological tendencies, and, if applicable, our cluster B tendencies. So yes, violent video games 
influence aggressive behavior, but not in a vacuum. And it's not to homicidal levels. However, according to my research, in which participants watch videos of both physical and emotional bullying and then answer questions about who was to blame, viewing bad behavior on the screen makes one more conscious of it in the real world. Those who watched the bullying videos, some of which were physically violent, were more likely than the control group to assign blame to the victim. This attitude can lead to the preparation of further violence if one is so inclined. So, with that being said, and then how you feel, do you feel like, is there any common ground where, yeah, I kind of agree with this person saying, but, or do you just think they're wrong altogether because of your personal experience? No, I, I, well, I'm not going to say that it doesn't influence them, but like, I'm sorry. I, I just don't believe that like what, like if you're, if you're going to hurt somebody, you're just going to hurt somebody. Or if you're a murderer, you're a murderer. Like you're not going to just go out and hurt somebody over a video game. However, I do believe that it desensitizes you to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm desensitized to it. I More of the research that I come across. All right, so let's go back to, let's say if you watched a sitcom back in the day, it says you're likely to hurt a laugh box or a digitized successor. Laugh tracks are persuasive techniques not unlike anything else. They're designed to tap into your emotions and give you what is essentially FOMO. Are you familiar <laughs> with FOMO, Daryl? No, I'm not. Me either. <laughs> it says you don't want to miss out on the scene that everyone's laughing at, do you? The original laugh box contained 320 laughs that ran on a 32-tape loop, meaning that a lot of the laugh tracks ended up sounding the same. Strangely, this enforced the effectiveness of the device by creating a cultural marker of humor that subconsciously encourages you to, quote, enjoy the show, even if the joke is terrible. Audiences have been fooled by the media-driven social experiments such as Orson Welles' infamous War on the Worlds broadcast that sent America into a panic. These consumers of reality television are generally aware that it's not real. In fact, that's why they watch it. They enjoy being voyeuristic and seeing people who aren't achieved as elite or class actor gain the privilege of being on TV. By the same token, consumers of fake news are usually aware that it's fake. In fact, they're more accurately identified when it aligns with their political views and are more likely to share it because fake news is emotionally persuasive in that way. It's not necessarily that they believe that it's true, but with the exception that said, people seem generally baffled by satire, which is generally more announced and submersive than straight up fake news. So, you know, this stuff goes back a long ways. Right, mm-hmm. they've been persuading us whether it's your fries at McDonald's to whatever, but this goes back, let's say nineteen thirty-five before sure. World War Two. Sure. All right. So, for example, there you got there was a movie that the Nazis come out with. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. called the Triumph Triumph of the Will. Are you familiar with this movie? Yes, I am. All right. So, the Triumph of the Will it pretty much dictates this person coming up, uh, you know, making Germany what it needs to be a naturalist leader promising to protect your heritage. What does that sound like? Some conservative shit, right? Yeah, it does. We're going to protect your heritage, and this is how we're going to do it. And it just seems right. So, in a way, it brainwashed a lot of those people to join sides over there with Hitler and knowing damn well, you know, when we step back and look at it now, this man was crazier than shit. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, Hitler used propaganda. 
Well, he didn't have Facebook and the internet. He had radio. Right. Radio and flyers, because print media was everything back then. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was, it, I, I don't understand why, like, we're supposed to learn from history, right? So, I've heard other, a few make, like, the, these comparisons, but not a lot of people. So, like, pr- print media was everything back then. So, everybody believed everything they saw. So, you take a picture of uh, Winston Churchill, you put, or you take a picture of a Jew, sorry, and you put devil horns on him, you draw a little mustache, and you slap him on the wall, bam, oh my God, Jews are the devil. That is the same thing in 2021 as creating a post on Facebook. Pretty much. Yeah. It is the same thing. You compare it to a meme. You know, you can a do meme, a meme about exactly. anything. A meme. That's exactly right, man. It's the same shit still going on with just a different format. And you can make, dude, I can make, you know, if you're popular enough, that's the part that I haven't personally figured it out or I would make money. (laughs) But like, if, if it's the right person and they decide they don't like Landis Watts, Mm -hmm. man, they take a picture of you like talking to a child and just put the right comedy phrase above that. You're like, you're, that's who you are for the rest of your life. Like, and that's like the Timing perfect example. That is the perfect example of it. Yeah. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. You know, what's scary to me is, is it seems to me that the person, let's say, who owns a, a television network like Fox News or CNN News. All right. So whoever, I don't even know who owns these big jokers, but let's say you own it. Well, you definitely have full say so of what this news channel shows. So your ideologic views, whether are going to be more, you know, conservative or they're going to be more radical, like left, all right, more liberal, I should say, of course it's going to be influenced by how you feel because you are the one calling the shots of what is being shown to mass, mass people, you know, across our country, if not the world. And you do this over and over and over. Eventually, you will get people to lean one side or the other. All right, so like this last election with Trump, for example. All right, you can say what you want about him, but ever since he got there, he was never given a chance. No, he was not. Out of the four years, they did anything and everything for this man to fail. So we're not going to show you the shit he got done. You know, we're not going to show you the good things he did in office, not on our news station. No, 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 no. We're going to show you the shit, whether it's true or not, and by four years from now, you're going to want this son of a bitch out of office as bad as I do. You feel like that went down? Mm-hmm. I do. That is some serious influence or brainwashing or however you want to call it on a level. That is just crazy. I'll give you another example about Trump because uh, I've, I've seen it on the news lately. Uh, you know, the stimulus was a good thing. Trump, right before... The election was final right before we even voted, made the comment that he wanted to raise everybody's stimulus because if this is basically his version of it was this. Well, if all the liberals are going to act retarded, then I guess I'm going to have to give you all some money because you're starving to death, you know, and 
And was that him? Is that a quote right there? No, okay. that was not a I, quote. I just wanted to make sure. That was not a quote. That no, that was me. That was me summing it up, making it sound like the way it sounds when Trump says something. Okay. Because for dramatic effect, because you know how people are about the way he says stuff. But you hear that one time, and then oh, Biden says the same thing, and it's fucking his idea now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's and. And Trump, and the reason why that makes me laugh is because I was done that way at George County Schools and USA Hospital, and I stopped saying stuff, and I've decided that I would rather people think I was stupid than steal my ideas. Because, like, at George County Schools, man, every time I would do something like, hey, man, we ought to do the server like this, or we ought to do this, somebody else would be like, yeah, we ought to do this, and they'd be like, good job, Tim, you it's know, a, and I was like, <laughs> I hate it so much. It's the double standard. Yeah. And it's gone on so long here, and it still goes on, and it's so annoying. Let's take a cigarette break. All right. So one of the uh, things that, you know, talking with these people who own these TV stations, so have you ever seen the show that comes on HBO called Succession? No, I haven't. All right, it's about this family, this uh, TV conglomerate, right? And pretty much, they already own the biggest news network there is. And they they go in and they buy out this other one. So, it scares everybody because, like I was saying, they are this close, you know, to having full control of what everybody sees. Mm -hmm. You can persuade them how you want to persuade them. You pretty much control the country by doing that, by controlling what they see on a daily basis. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. All right. So, talk, talking about controlling personalities. Now, like I said, I did a little research on some of this before we came in. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you the 12 signs that might suggest somebody has a controlling personality. Now, this is really good for you folks right now here at Valentine's. So, you know, everybody's doing this stuff. Well, how did we meet? And blah, blah, blah. You might want to be asking, uh, does my old lady or old man have a controlling personality? So the first one is, do they make everything? It says, they make you think everything's your fault. Does that sound familiar, Daryl? <laughs> yeah. It says you're blamed for minor things that you have nothing to do with. If something goes wrong, they take it on the role of the victim. And make you believe that you're responsible for the things that are beyond your control. You might hear, it's all your fault. Or you shouldn't have done this. Come up in the conversation. Alright, so that's number one. Do you agree with that, Daryl? Yeah, I hate to say it. I think I'm guilty of that. Sometimes. You know, and we might all be to some of these. So this might be an eye-opener for us. They criticize you all the time as the next one. A controlling person will attempt to undermine your confidence by making jabs at you in private or public. Here are a few examples of these methods. Exaggerating your flaws at work, always pointing out like typos or something in an email. Hmm. Never acknowledging when you do something right. Becoming rationally angry if you don't answer your phone right away. I dated some girls like that. (laughs) Making mean jokes about you in front of others and criticizing the way you dress or speak. Hmm. The next one is they keep score, Daryl. They always expect something in return to make you feel guilty if you even if you don't want it. says they keep tabs on every little favor. If they paid for your dinner one night or let you crash at their place, for example, they'll bring it up repeatedly. They might also go out of their way to appear overly generous as a way to keep you in debt to them. 
That's an interesting uh, way to go about things. I can also see how in an argument that, like, somebody could bring something like that up and it be taken as that. But, mm-hmm. like, but like being like that, yeah, that's wrong, man. That's, that's pretty controlling. So the next one is they gaslight you. I'm not very familiar with that terminology, but there are, when I, when I mentioned this earlier, that got your attention. It says they underplay your experience by lying or accusing you of being overly sensitive. If you're upset about something they told you last week, they'll deny ever have seven saying it. And you start second guessing yourself all the time. Say you suspect a close friend is spreading false rumors about you. In response, they'll say you're imagining things or blame someone else despite any evidence that you may have. You ever had any issues with that, Daryl? You know, we could do a whole episode on that. Uh But gaslighting is a cool term in the fact that when we were growing up, we didn't have a word for it. And trying to describe it, and I'm glad we got a word for it, because trying to describe it makes you sound crazy. And it's exactly what you just read. Gaslighting is like you sitting there like saying, man, I hate how the uh I hate how the teacher has it so hot in here all the time. I'm always so hot, and then somebody looks at you and goes, Well, that's because you're always angry, Landis. And you're like, Well, <laughs> I'm not I'm not angry. Like, and there wasn't a word for it. And then like you try to explain to somebody, like, man, Phillips always calling me angry when blah blah blah. You sound crazy trying to explain it, you know? But and after that, a while you start second guessing. And that's exactly what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is like you having a legitimate concern, like, like, I, I don't, uh, here's a plain, easy example of it. Like, I had this thing where, like, I don't know, I pinched your arm or something like that. And you're like, Daryl, I don't like it when you do that. It hurts. And I'm like, well, that's because you're a big sissy, Landis. You know, and then I pinch my, <laughs> and then I pinch my arm and I go, that don't hurt. Look, see, you're crazy, man. You know, now I think I'm a sissy. <laughs> exactly. Damn it, Daryl. <laughs> All right, so the next one is they create drama. Imagine that. If you had a big win at work, a controlling person might immediately change the subject or sulk about something that upset them that day to regain your attention. They may also sabotage your relationships with others as a way to have you to have a leg up on you. For example, they may take screenshots of your private texts without permission and send them to others. That's some shady shit to do. Ooh, I've had exes do that. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these, you know, I wonder, you know, when we're talking about controlling, you know, personalities and stuff like that, the first thing that comes to mind is somebody who is narcissistic, you know, and it seems like all these uh, little signs here describe somebody who is narcissistic to me. They intimidate you is the next one. Someone exerting excessive control may constantly act superior and try to undermine your reputation. At work, this can look like a coworker who always interrupts you during a meeting to state their own opinion or a boss who disdainfully talks down to you in front of you and your peers. They may also make vile threats in the way of jokes like, if you don't turn this in by tomorrow, I'll start clearing out your desk. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think we have all met somebody like that. And they are the worst. <laughs> I have, man, I have a person like that at work right now. You don't want to share no names, dude. No, I'm not going to share no names. <laughs> oh, he'd probably never listen to this podcast anyway because that's the type of that's the type of jerk he is. But right. I, so going on the next one, it says they're moody, Daryl. It says they show drastic mood changes. 
one moment they're buying you gifts and lavishing you with praise, but the next they're acting like a bully. You end up feeling like you're walking on eggshells and never know where you stand with them. They also won't take responsibility or say sorry when they've upset you. That sounds like every American I know. Because <laughs> we're all moody. I wonder why. I wonder if we're moody because we've been programmed or persuaded to be moody. Oh, yeah, we've been programmed to be moody. I'm telling you. We are persuaded and controlled on a level that is just scary. Between everything we've heard, like from the sound clips and everything else, it's it, it, we're, we're moody because we're made to be moody. Exactly. It's all part of a plan to get us to act right or to be how they want us to be. Is there, is there a principal reason why I should delete my social media? And if so, what is it? Mm. There are two. One of them is for your own good and the other is for society's good. For your own good, it's because you're being subtly manipulated by algorithms that are watching everything you do constantly and then sending you changes in your media feed and your diet that are calculated to adjust you slightly to the liking of some unseen advertiser. And so if you get off that, you can have a chance to experience a clearer view of yourself and your life. Uh, but then the, the reason for society might be even more important. Society has been gradually darkened by this scheme in which everyone is under surveillance all the time and everyone is under this mild version of behavior modification all the time. It, it's made people jittery and cranky. It's made uh, teens especially depressed, which can be quite severe, but it's made our politics kind of unreal and strange where we're not sure if elections are real anymore. We're not sure how much the Russians affected Brexit. We do know that it was a crankier affair than it might have been otherwise. It's one thing to get a moody because you stumped your toe. It's another thing to be moody because of the way you've been it, mind controlled. It, it's like... We got to watch everything we say and do all the time. Mm -hmm. And that makes you angry. Constantly being analyzed. You know, it's just the way, you know, we realized it with, with parenting and, and children and, and everything else. We've learned that when you just sit there and just nag somebody to death, like, mm -hmm. you know, and just nag and, pu and push and, and whatever. And like, even if they wind up turning the way, the way that you want them to be, like, there's still resentment there. Right. And that's anger. Yeah. Like, you know? And that's just like, and, and I guess what I'm trying to say is turned into this. Now, when I hear somebody, like, now I'm the type of person that when I see somebody on Facebook, like, say something mean about gay people or something, I immediately, just immediately, oh, you know, you're just so fucking tired of, like, right. he, hearing the fucking shit. Like, you're like, man, why'd you even have to say that? And, like, technically, the dude has a right to express his opinion. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but he's also going to have the right to hear the blowback that's going to come from right, That's right. So it's it's all about how far you want to go down that rabbit hole, whether you agree with it or not. All right, so the next one says they don't take no for an answer, Daryl. A controlling person will often or won't often accept healthy boundaries and will try to persuade or pressure you into changing your mind. If you said you can't meet up this weekend, they'll show up uninvited at your house or they'll refuse to let you leave a party after you say you feel sick. Really? Once again, narcissistic behavior. They are unreasonably jealous, Daryl. They always want what you uh, undivided attention and become upset when you make plans with others. Now, this sounds like some ex-girlfriends. 
<laughs> they might speak badly or making negative comments about you and your friends. Yep. <laughs> they interrogate you about where you go or who you see. Hey, pal, every time you plan to go out with someone new, and they might even try to change you. They'll try to mold you and to suit their own interests by pressuring you to make changes to your appearance or the way you dress. They may throw out your favorite pair of jeans when you're at work or refuse to leave the house unless you're dressed a certain way. Yeah, that's why you don't call her back. <laughs> I've never understood that. I don't think I've ever done that to a person. Why would you be in a bar as a female and see a dude, say, dressed in all black and like an emo dude, for example, and be like, okay, I want him. And then you go over there and y'all start dating or whatever. And then as soon as you start dating, you look at him and go, why are you wearing black? Why don't you wear these old Navy pants and this button up chap shirt? And how mm -hmm. about we dye your hair blonde? Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you even date that dude in the first place if you don't like him? <laughs> I don't never there you go. Women do that all the time, bro. You know, what I find interesting is, and this is the cold hard truth about it. You know, I'm sitting here reading these 12 things or whatever, but, some of this we're guilty of. Yeah. And is have we been conditioned to be that way and not known it? You okay. know, after doing this episode on this podcast, I really hope the listeners don't really either believe us or not believe us. You know, they're, they should make their own opinions, of course. But after going over some of the stuff we've gone over and some of the issues we've talked about, I'm hoping that it will bring awareness to it. Maybe they'll start noticing things on their timeline popping up that they've been talking about in the comfort of their own home. That shit is not coincidence. That's Big Brother listening. And Big Brother is going to try to get you to lean one way or the other. Whatever they feel like. Yeah. How do you fix it? Is it fixable? Man, I kind of discuss this with other people like i don't think there is the pro really the problem with facebook and social media is us it's our fault why do we even listen to it oh i'll tell you why i'm not deleting mine because if i deleted mine i'd never see y'all again that's not my fault i didn't create that rule but we've all been conditioned that way now so what i'm trying to say is there's no getting rid of it now no like i can't even imagine now like even if I want it gone and you took it away in three days, I'd probably want it back. Like, how do we go back to it's we it's crazy now. Like as far back as Hurricane Katrina, when I lived in my house on Beaver Dam Road, y'all were still I'd be outside my yard raking. And when I say y'all, I'm talking about my community and my friends. Y'all be driving by on Beaver Dam Road, going to the store or something like that. And you'd honk at me. Stop in the middle of the road, fishtail around, come into my driveway, and you'd get out and you'd talk for 10 minutes. That's crazy now. Yeah. There's no way. Landis, I, there's no way I'd come over here, pull into your driveway without calling you first. <laughs> I promise. See? See how much it's changed? Right. Though. But in 1998, if I didn't do that, you wouldn't think I was a good friend. I thought you'd been stuck up, especially if I saw you. I wear that asshole going. But it's weird, you know, and like just as just as soon as like I I was actually married during that time, so like literally like in changes of marriage, divorcing one lady and meeting another and marrying another, like it had changed completely so much just that quick it, in my mind. 
because I I'm living with Meg. I got friends coming over. They some of them don't even knock. I'm sitting there playing Nintendo. Meg's running around in a house coat, and Chris Hilbin just comes walking in the door. You know, yeah. And uh, and it's just not like that no more, man. I can't even. Like, I, I hardly talk to Chris now. And it's just so weird how it happened. And it's not like nobody's fault or anything like that. It's just like we've all we've been, been conditioned, conditioned that exactly. way. Exactly. There's, no there's no other way to say it. And it, it goes back to exactly what we're talking about with media and mind control. So after listening to this podcast today, if you really feel like that it's not an issue or it isn't real, that's your belief. But uh, you're obviously not looking at the cold, hard facts. Because it is too much in play for it to be a coincidence. Daryl, that's about all I got for this round. What you got, brother? Oh, that's it, man. Till next time, guys. Generation Exile, folks. Thank you for listening to Generation Exile. Make sure you go to our website, anchor.fm slash Generation Exile. Become a sponsor for as low as 99 cents. It really helps out. If you'd like to have your business on our show or become a personal sponsor, please give us a contact. Just go to our Facebook at Generation Exile or our website and send us a message. Someone